0: Before we get started, I just want to make a brief announcement about the state of the pod. We've been getting tons of amazing feedback from women, and it's become very clear to us that a lot of women are thirsty for this type of content. This is a niche in women's media that is desperately needed and has been neglected for a very long time. And we really want to be able to make more content there's just one problem, and that's money. We would love to be able to quit our day jobs and work full-time on content creation, and the only thing holding us back is the fact that we got bills to pay, if I'm being totally honest. Long term though, we would like to expand into other forms of media such as video, TikTok, newsletters, ebooks, even like real physical books, and so on. And that's why we've set a new Patreon goal. As soon as we hit $10,000 monthly revenue, that will be enough for us to afford to quit our jobs and start working on growing FDS full time. Currently, our schedules only really allow us to post about 60 to 90 minutes of bonus content per month. And as a reward to our patrons for helping achieve this target, we will commit to posting more bonus content. So if you like FDS, and you want us to grow, and you want us to make more content, you can support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Thank you so much to everyone who listened and shared to help us to get to where we are now. And I'm sure this is a sign of even greater things to come. Thank you.
1: What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And this is Savannah. And I'm Lilith. And today, we're going to discuss the biggest mistakes women make when trying to communicate with men.
0: Yeah, so in this episode, we're going to tackle just communicate.
2: The old just communicate. The good old Reddit advice.
0: The old, yeah, the (laughs) old.
1: It's not even just Reddit, to be fair. It's literally all of women's magazines. Just communicate with your partner about honestly anything from cannibalism
0: to I found child porn on my boyfriend's computer. Oh, just communicate with him. Yeah, anything from cannibalism to he left the milk out,
1: right? Is The answer is always to just communicate, which is actually insane, as we've discussed before in a lot of scenarios. So we're going to talk about why just communicate as a strategy
0: is often really, really
1: ineffective.
0: Yeah, I feel like women have been lied to about, you know, how to communicate with men like the concept just communicate you know you you imagine say you have a problem with your boyfriend and you think to yourself oh I'm just gonna sit down with him and we'll have a heartfelt conversation about why this bothers me and then he'll listen and then he'll care and then he'll change his behavior accordingly right wrong. <laughs> That's not how it fucking works. High value men
1: will. We should actually preface that to say most high value men will make an effort to change if you communicate things with them earnestly. But even in those scenarios, there's just some marked differences between how men and women communicate with each other, uh, communicate with uh, members of their own sex, and massive differences in the way that we're socialized that make the communication between men and women difficult.
0: Yeah, I'd say even high-value men sometimes can fall into these traps where, I mean, it depends how you're communicating, right? Because sometimes when you're communicating and you're just, like, emoting, but you go into that conversation without a strategy, you're still not going to be able to get your point across as effectively as if you did go into it with a strategy, and that's even with a high-value man, simply because, you know, men and women who have not received the same socialization... Even if he's a generally decent guy, you know, he still received male socialization and... Also, like the society that we live in, the risks and rewards and the consequences for doing things or not doing certain things are different for men and women. And that's why I think like women and men, when they're communicating with one another, just end up sort of like talking at each other, but don't really understand each other. or Underlying behavior ends up not changing.
1: Yeah, soft skills are a thing you can spend a lifetime learning because it's just a matter of putting yourself in a lot of different situations with a lot of different people and a lot of different backgrounds. Um, sex differences are the most talked about and seemingly sometimes the most uh, unsolvable. We're going to at least attempt to discuss why sometimes the tactics that women try when trying to communicate with men so often fall flat and why so much of the mainstream advice about just communicate as this being this catch-all for relationship problems more or less won't work.
0: Yeah. I mean... The women's magazines will be like, "Oh, just communicate," and she's like, "I did communicate," and like, "Oh, but did you communicate the right way? You have to say it the right tone of voice. You don't want to, you know, say it in a way that's going to get him defensive, or you don't want to do this, or you want to do that." And
1: it can come across victim-blamey, right? It can come across like, "Oh, well, you're responsible for his behavior because you didn't communicate the right way."
0: So in this episode, I'm, we're just going to go into some some of my theories why I think that communication between men and women often falls flat. Some of the male female communication dynamics. We're going to talk about some of the common mistakes that women make when dealing with men and offer some more effective solutions. And some of this will apply to both men and women, like all humans. Some will apply to both high-value men and low-value men. Some will only be true for low-value men. So let's get into it. I want to start off by saying all humans, both male and female, are motivated by two things. Fear of loss and desire for gain. Fear of loss and desire for gain is something that I learned in as part of my sales training. And one of the things you learn in sales is that when you're talking to customers, it's not enough to just be really friendly and nice to them. People aren't going to buy something from you because you're a nice person or because they feel bad for you if they don't buy it. People are motivated by generally self-interest, and that doesn't make them a bad person or anything. Like all humans are motivated by self-interest. And those Two main things are fear of loss and desire for gain. That's just something, like, we're all instinctually sort of, like, programmed to care about. And even, you know, people think, like, oh, but what about altruism? What about doing the right thing? That kind of stuff. And generally speaking, like, altruism is not that motivating. People are not that motivated by altruism. And they'll only do altruistic things if the loss is low or there's something to gain from it. And then we get so much performative altruism, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, like you know, Coca Cola doesn't really give a shit about polar bears. They're only doing it for the tax breaks and for the marketing. Okay, like and then just about everybody on Twitter with a blue check
1: is motivated by performative altruism, where it's like it's the it's the perceived social gain, right?
0: Yeah, and and I mean people think that I, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we need to really like sort of destigmatize the reality. Like, people will say, "Oh, that's so cynical that people are motivated by self-interest." Yeah, like <laughs> th- that's just how it is, right? Like that doesn't make you a bad person. It's just what it the reality of being a person. <laughs> But anyways, the thing is though, like because of gender roles and because men and women are socialized differently, fear of loss and desire for gain play out differently in men versus women. I find that men are generally permitted to be more selfish than women. They're not punished for it. And so there's no fear of loss. And in fact, generally they are rewarded for it. So they actually, men on average have more to gain from being selfish than women. Whereas women were raised to be endlessly self-sacrificial and to put other people's needs before our own. And from a very young age, girls are pretty much bullied out of our natural self-preservation instincts, right? We're we're punished much more harshly for quote-unquote selfish behavior. So women have more to lose from being selfish. And we're praised when we're selfless and show empathy. And so as we grow up, you know, women, because we've been taught that being selfless and being giving and generous is a good thing, we grow up thinking that we will be continuously rewarded for selfless behavior. And then we end up in relationships with men, and this could not be further from the truth. So mistake number one is appealing to a man's empathy or morality. And so an example of that would be like, please stop doing this because it hurts my feelings, or please stop doing this because it's it's wrong or something like that. And Basically, it's, it's a mistake because men have just not been socialized to feel empathy for women. Well, I just I think I want to almost say like it's not that they're
1: completely devoid of empathy for women. It's just that things that bother us are not perceived as something they feel obligated to participate in a solution for. Right. I mean, there's just this mentality with men, especially how men communicate with other men. It's like every man for himself. So, when women need things or women want things, especially relationship-wise, I think a lot of them just have this blank space where they can't fill in the reason why, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, they just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just don't, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, what are some examples of my own relationship? Honestly, honestly, some of them are so embarrassing to talk about. Like, you know, women women often find ourselves, like, begging for a text back or begging for basic human decency and like good treatment and stuff and like men they just don't asking them to do it because it's something that you want or it would make you happy like first of all low value man just isn't going to care about making you happy so if you know he's low value like that's when it's time to move on um but it's also important to remember that men and women are just held to a very different standard of morality like women are expected to make other people comfortable i don't think men worry about whether
1: other people are comfortable right Exactly. Fact, yeah. Whereas women, it's more of a it's more of a knee jerk reaction for us to look at the betterment of the group and instead of just ourselves. <laughs> Whereas for men you know, as long as someone's not dying, there's not necessarily a reason for them to go out of their way to like scan and make sure everyone is okay. And everyone's feeling good. It's just not necessarily in their socialization.
0: Exactly. Right. And you see this all the time, like men, men know to appeal to a woman's empathy. And I see men do this all the time. And they're like, what about men's mental health? And what about this? Like, you know, when women are saying, you know, oh, we're afraid of men because some men are rapists and stuff. Men are like, oh, but not all men. And it makes us feel bad when women think that some of us could be rapists and stuff. And then women are like, Oh, like you poor baby, like, you know, acting like he's a wounded bird or something like that. Notice how
1: they don't do anything that might cost them anything to make men as a group look less like rapists, right? They don't want to do anything to change that. (laughs) They just want you to not believe that.
0: Yeah. Like they, they just want, it's all purely about like their, their ego, right? Basically like, you know, men know to manipulate women's empathy because they know that we have it. When women try to manipulate a man's empathy, it just doesn't work because there's no empathy to manipulate. You know, you could manipulate his ego or his stupidity or something else like that, but there's just, you know, it's like it's like getting blood out of a stone. It's just, they just don't have it, right? They just don't see it the same way that we do. Um, I do want to say, side note, like be very careful, even though I say, generally speaking, men don't feel empathy for women, I will say be very careful about men who seem too empathetic. You know, empathy is a good quality, but I've also met a lot of these like soft boy types that are very good at performing empathy or you know, you'll have a conversation with him about your feelings and he'll be like, "Oh, totally. I'm so glad we can have this open conversation and talk about each other's needs and stuff," but then nothing changes, right? Or he'll 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 change for like a week or two and his behavior goes right back to normal. Yeah, so some guys will like perform empathy just because they think that that's what you want to hear. Um, but they won't actually change because they have no incentive to. And that's really what it comes down to. Men are just not socialized to try and make women comfortable. Part of it is because there's just no incentive for them to do it and there's no consequences for them not doing it. Socially men have nothing to lose by not having empathy for women. In fact, to have empathy for women for a lot of men is a loss. For a man to have empathy for women would be to acknowledge their part in male violence and that would involve a loss of dominance or a loss of control, loss of privileges. When men show empathy to women, they are seen as a simp or pussy whipped or white knighting and so on. So to actually feel empathy for women is a loss for a lot of men.
2: And I think an important point to make in this in this section is that when women try to appeal to a man's morality in the in the Just Communicate saga. It's overlooking the fact that a lot of men know that they're behaving in a shitty way because if you treated them the same way they're treating you, they would not like it at all. So there's a sense of almost, um, entitlement, entitlement. Yeah. And superiority in that they feel that they can treat, you know, you in a particular way. But then when the boots on the other foot, they wouldn't like it and they wouldn't stand for it so it's not that they don't know that you know what's right and wrong and you know how to treat and you know how to speak to people it's just that they feel entitled to treat you badly and to get away with it
1: well i think they just perceive it as like necessary double standards too right because i remember they see it as their right yeah i remember reading um a self like an essay from a guy who had grown up in a very patriarchal type culture. I think he was like a Southern Baptist type guy and him talking about how certain aspects of their culture that was passed down to him. He just accepted without thinking about it. It was something that was just the way it was. And so for a lot of men, if they're not making a concerted effort to unlearn some of the messaging they get about how women think and feel women's place in society, uh, who they should be in relation to women, then they won't. Right? It won't occur to them that these things are wrong. It won't occur to them that women have a problem with it. And then when they see women that do have a problem with it, there's always a quick and easy way to discredit her. Right? She's she's a slut. She's uh, a bitter old uh, post-wall spinster. Right? She uh, there, there's just there's very very easy ways to take someone's uh, behavior or perceived behavior and then use that to discredit the validity of their argument. And that's not just done between men and women. That's done on so many different levels. But that's a that's a key part of it, too, is that if they don't make that effort, then they won't empathize with the things that women want them to empathize with because they won't see it as a problem. They'll just think, well, this is the way it is, or what about men? Or men have this going on, et cetera.
0: And they, they know it's one-sided. Like, they expect women to feel empathy for men, but they don't think it's their job to feel empathy for women. And in fact, like, the, just the way that society is structured right now, men have nothing to gain from having empathy for women, and they have everything to lose. And so my solution, my alternative is, as a woman, you have to be the one to enforce consequences. And I know that might sound really harsh, but quite frankly, like, as so long as men are living in this world where not having empathy for women gets them the result that they want and they're not punished for it, they're just going to continue to do that because they have no incentive to change.
1: I mean, that's the general female dating strategy philosophy, and at least... We can't control that, you know, on a society-wide scale, but for the most part, most of us can control that within our relationships, um, barring certain types of cultures where women really don't have as many choices. But um, to the extent that you can, the idea is to enforce consequences, and usually that's the loss of your presence for men who don't extend the level of empathy that you feel is necessary.
0: Exactly. And so, yeah, usually it means the loss of your presence or loss of your attention. That's why we tell women, like, block and delete. If a guy, once you identify that a guy's low value, that's when you should leave him. We do understand for a lot of women, they're not going to leave their Nigel. Like, that's just a fact. And so, if you're not willing, you're not able to leave him, you have to impose consequences in other ways. So, that might mean, you know, matching his energy. For example, if he's not putting in energy around the home, that's when you start to pull back and stop contributing around the home. Or, you know, say he's not meeting your emotional needs, that's when you stop meeting his emotional needs. Let's say he's a selfish lover and hasn't made you come in 10 years, that's when you just stop having sex with him. Like, if he's not meeting your needs, then you stop meeting his needs. And he's not going to like that. (laughs) It's going to be seen as abnormal to him. And that's why we tell women, like, honestly, it's much easier to break up with a guy and start fresh with a new guy. Because if he's used to a gravy train where things always work out in his favor without him having to really contribute, it's going to be really hard to have that mindset shift. If he's used to you being a doormat and having his needs catered to, he's going to resist or he's going to fight those changes, right? I I mean I have a perfect
1: example of that of a guy I was dating where uh, there was like one day where I spent the entire day with him going to different clothing stores and watching him try on clothes, watching him try on shoes. Just spent the whole day with him wasn't like my ideal day or ideal way to spend a Saturday, but it was important to him. You know, he'd ask my opinion about certain things he bought and he just kind of likes, you know, going around I think flaunting some of his money to about certain things he would buy. So I went with him and then probably a couple of weeks later, I was like, Hey, I need to go purchase a new mattress. Would you mind coming with me to do, to go mattress shopping? And he just flat out refused. And I was like, he's like, I don't want to spend my Saturday that way. And I'm like, well, you know, a couple of weeks ago we spent time, I spent time with you going from store to store, um, wasting my fucking Saturday, basically <laughs> like watching you try on clothes. Didn't really say much was, were, was more than supportive. And then when it came to something that was actually important to me, you just flat out want, don't want to do it because you find it boring. And I'm like, okay, then I will never hang out with you and any doing anything that I find boring ever. Right. And so at that point, I mean, at that point the relationship's almost over because besides that there were several different other points in the relationship where, I would express a need or he would want something, which I was fine with doing. But then when it came to return the favor, it was like completely non-existent on his part. He didn't feel like obligated or that he should have to. Um, and so stuff like that, if that's a man's habitual pattern, there's nothing you can do, but, but get rid of that guy. If it's like, you know, if, if it's something where he's having like a lapse and and not really seeing to the extent that things are getting really, really one-sided, then I think that's when you kind of employ the the strategy of just straight up okay well look i'm going to reclaim my saturdays to myself and you do what you want to do right we're just going to spend our saturdays doing what we actually want to do and not doing what the other person wants to do at the other person's expense what one person wants to do at the other person's expense
0: yeah and obviously in a healthy relationship you should be able to you know make these kinds of small sacrifices for your partner like going shopping if it's something important to them and it doesn't really cost you a whole lot going shopping with them you know, why not? Like, it, it would be, it's, it's important to them. So, you know, you should want to do that. If the man is not willing to do that for you, though, then, like, what is there to talk about, right? Like, <laughs> you, you know, if, you, if you're willing to do that for them, and they're not willing to do that for you, then you're destined to have a one-sided relationship. And it's just going to re- lead to resentment. Um, So if he refuses to demonstrate reciprocity, that's when you stop doing nice things for him. And that's just like, and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, a lot of people say that FDS, that we're promoting like emotional abuse or that we're abusing men by, you know, oh, you're being controlling or you're doing this and that. It's like, you know, they say that withholding sex, for example, is quote unquote abusive. And it's like no, if I'm not enjoying sex with this man, I'm allowed to say no. I kind of think sex is different from other things. So I almost want to leave that to a separate topic because sex
1: is, like, not one of those things where I think women should just do it if they're not happy at all, versus, like, if a guy wants to do something and it's just, like... I wanna, he wants to go to a baseball game. I don't like going to a baseball game, but I'll go. But I think it's a completely different thing to be like fuck guys when you're not in the mood, right? It's gonna make you
0: No, that's like that's exactly what I'm saying. Is like if you're not enjoying it, then don't have sex with him. They think it's emotionally abusive to impose consequences and I don't think that at all. Like
2: It's a basic rule of society that actions have consequences. So why they do the shocked Pikachu face when, if they're behaving shady, that the woman starts to pull back is just beyond me.
0: Well, because consequences are something that the dominant person imposes on the subordinate person. You think about, like parents enforcing consequences to their kids when they're being bad. The government, you know, say you commit a crime, the government puts you in jail. That's the consequence for your actions. It's seen as very abnormal for women to impose consequences on men and wrong. I think because... And every time you do, they call you crazy. Ask me how I know. (laughs) People are all about consequences when it's... uh, the subordinate person receiving the consequences from a, someone who's more powerful. But when women impose consequences on men, it's seen as wrong because it's seen as abnormal for women to be in power.
2: And, and deep down, they believe that women shouldn't have boundaries. That's what it comes back to, that women should just be prepared to swallow whatever's, you know, served up to them at the relationship table.
0: Yeah. Anyways, mistake number two, excessive praise for bare minimum behavior and this is also known as the fawning response. And this is something that drives me crazy. I think we all know we've all seen those kinds of memes where a husband did the dishes and the woman's like, "Oh my gosh, honey, like you did such a good job." Like they like, you know, a man does something like buying her flowers and she just goes crazy. But, "Oh my god, he bought me flowers. What an amazing, great guy he is." And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are thinking, "Hey, so if everyone is motivated by fear of loss and desire for gain and If I'm supposed to impose consequences for bad behavior, then I should impose rewards for good behavior, right? Mm, Not quite. One of our (laughs) one of our
1: uh, mod rules used to be like, "Don't throw Scooby snacks to trolls. Don't throw
0: Scooby snacks to the dogs." Here's the thing: is like disproportionate praise for things that really should be considered normal only ends up stroking his ego when he hasn't earned it, and it just reinforces the bare, it basically makes him feel like he's amazing, he's an amazing boyfriend for doing something really, really minimal, and it teaches him that all he has to do is the bare minimum in order for him to continue to get a high reward. You're teaching him minimal investment equals high reward, and that's not a lesson that you want to be teaching him.
2: It sort of goes back to the idea that all men benefit from bad men, because bad, you know bad men lower the bar so much to the point where if you know a man just you know barely touches the bar he's seen as a superior being and it's almost like societies were rewarding like basically reinforcing the bare minimum criteria in men
0: exactly yeah you see this all the time when like you know you see dads out in public playing with their kids or a dad takes their kid to the park and they're like oh my god he's such a great like i mean sometimes there's don't get me wrong. There's also the suspicion of like, who is this man with this child? Is he kidnapping his, even if it's his kid, they're like, is he a pedophile? Is he kidnapping his own kid? So it does happen. But in other cases, a lot of cases, there's like, oh my God, he's such a great dad, like spending time, you know, babysitting. The, the phrase babysitting his own kid. That makes me crazy.
2: It's your kid. It's your kid. <laughs> exactly. You're not babysitting. It's your child. <laughs> You're not being paid twenty dollars an hour, and as, as an external relative, it is your offspring. You cannot babysit your own offspring. That's not how it works, <laughs> right?
0: So, so like, but here's the thing: is like moms. You know, when you see a mom out in public with her child, like nobody thinks that that's exceptional. Like that scene is normal, uh, and, and also I find moms are treated like very harshly and treated with a very high bar men get rewarded for like really basic shit like pat you know that like Taylor Swift video, um The Man, I think is it was you know, if I were a man, you know, and take my there's this one scene in the video where she she's dressed as a man, she pats her kid on the head and it's like dad of the year and everyone's like praising him and stuff. So yeah, like this excessive praise for bare minimum behavior teaches men it only reinforces the bare minimum behavior. It means that they have no incentive to go with the extra mile. If you've already given 100, 110%, you know, how much, what are you going to do? Like give him your kidney or something? Like, you know, you don't have that much more to give. Even if you give him your kidney, he can still run off. Ask George Lopez,
1: the comedian, what happened with his wife. So there's that.
2: And there's a way to show or to acknowledge what he's done without doing the excessive fawning over him as well. I think there's there's a fine line between the two that's some people don't quite get right and then it crosses the line into praising men for literally doing the bare minimum so for example i've seen a lot of videos go viral where a man is doing his daughter's hair and i'll just be like okay good for him but there are people like yeah dad of the year yeah he's great yeah king that's what kings do i was like no this isn't what kings do this is just a man looking after his offspring this is, I mean, I can say, okay, cool, but, you know, good for you, but that's about it. You can show appreciation or acknowledgement when they've done something good, but you don't have to be blowing hot smoke up their ass.
0: Exactly. I mean, again, it's about matching his energy. So say he takes you out for dinner and he pays for it at the end. You know, you smile, say, thank you. You know, I'd love to see you again you know, maybe a a peck on the cheek or something like that. You don't have to be like, oh my God, you're such an amazing guy. Like guys these days don't pay for dinner. And the fact that you paid for dinner makes you so special. Like that kind of stuff.
1: That's just weird. Right. And we talk about that because you talk about not giving men that much praise as well, because then it gives the impression that you're not used to being treated nicely. They're not, you're not used
0: to being treated well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And men, if they get a sniff of that, they will use that against you. If they come to realise that you've been, you know, treated less than Stella before, it makes them, for some men, it makes them believe, well, actually, she could be, you know, it's basically fair game to treat her even worse. You don't want to give away your cards.
0: They think, oh, she'd date a guy who treated her badly, then I can get away with treating her badly. And the other thing is, it just, it's sad But it's true that, like, if a man sees a woman and he knows that she's used to being treated badly, it decreases her value in his mind. As sad as it is. Yeah. Even, you know, so-called good guys or whatever. I see so many of these stories on Reddit where a woman is married and she tells a guy that she was either, like, sexually assaulted or abused or something like that. The man says, oh, it makes me see her differently. It makes me see her as less And so, yeah, you don't you don't want to give the impression to men, even the so-called good ones, that you've been treated badly in the past because it's just going to decrease their perception of you.
2: If he asks, just always say you've been treated well and that your past relationships ended due to different goals or something like that. We moved our separate ways. We went on different paths. Great. Right.
1: It's the same thing you do when you leave a bad job for a better job, right? You never exactly. say like, my boss was garbage. Was an asshole, yeah. Everybody I worked with was trash. You just say, well, I just felt that I could pursue better opportunities elsewhere. You know, you have to give them the old PR answer.
2: I'm, I'm really grateful to my last company for all the opportunities, but I felt like I could further my development with you that's what you need to say
0: right in in fact like even (laughs) if i've even if i've had a really bad experience at a past job i'll actually say positive things about the company like i really liked how they invested in their employees you know they really invested into their you know education and like career development and blah 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 and i find when you do that it makes the next company think like okay this is what this person has come to expect and i mean if if you're interviewing with a company they're you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. Right. And so some of them will respond by being like, Oh yeah. And here's the, here are the other like educational opportunities we offer our employees. Like if they're trying to, you know, hire you, if they're motivated to hire you, they'll respond with something like that. Right. If they're a company you don't want to work for, they'll be like, "Mm, like, you know, they won't they won't have a positive reaction to that. And you don't want to work for them anyways. So even if you have had bad experiences, you're actually more likely to get, the result that you want by giving the illusion, at least that you've had a good experience in the past. And then if the other person is good, they'll want to match that. Yeah. So basically just goes back to matching his energy. Um, he knows that if he wants to continue to receive your attention, he needs to reciprocate appropriately. Also, I want to rant about the, like, do not do, do not fucking do a sex for chores arrangement. Oh. I hate, hate, hate this so much. Oh. Have you seen those chore charts of like, Oh, I do the dishes. I get a blowjob, like that kind of stuff.
2: Have you seen those? I saw a post on Reddit one time and it was on our sex, which is normally like the typical sex posy community. And a woman was, was there saying that she was so proud of herself. She was like... Oh, um, my boyfriend did the dishes today. So I gave him a blowjob and I'll give him a blowjob every time he does the dishes because he never does the dishes. And even the comments were like, this is such a bad idea. Um, yeah. you know, you tying something like, I guess your sexual pleasure to whether he, he washes up after himself. Like even our sex was like, <laughs> was like narcissist. <laughs> that would have got yeah. the narcissist flair. <laughs> on that on that subreddit <laughs> it's crazy first of all it's like humiliating
0: like you're literally like debasing yourself so he can do dishes secondly like think more practically what a, what is the actual lesson that you're teaching him here you're teaching him that if he wants a blow job he has to do the dishes and so then he's not going to do the dishes unless you give him a blow job and then you're basically prostituting yourself for dishes and like
2: And then if he doesn't want a blowjob, then he's got no incentive to do the dishes. (laughs) So you're screwed.
0: And so, yeah, sex should be for your pleasure alone. It should not be a carrot for him to do the dishes. You can withhold sex if he is displeasing you, because to have sex when he's displeasing you is not conducive to your pleasure. But to give him sex over unrelated shit, like dishes or, you know, taking care of the kids or whatever, right? Um... You're just undermining your own sexual pleasure in the long run. You know, at most, like, here's here's the thing. If at most, let's say you have a dead bedroom and, you know, he's complaining because he's not getting sex. And the reason why you have a dead bedroom is because his man-baby routine is a huge turnoff because it fucking is. Who would want to have sex with someone they have to take care of like a child? Um, at most, I would say... I would have more energy for sex if you did more around the house and let him take the initiative. I have had conversations with that, like with guys. And most of the time, the guy will just get kind of defensive and be like, well, you know, you just have to ask, or, you know, maybe if you asked, I would did it or like, what, what do you mean? I have to blah, blah, blah. You know, like they'll go like that. And that that's even more of a turnoff. <laughs> like that's them badgering you for sex, right? That that's, even more of a turnoff and that makes my pussy dry up that much more. Um, those are usually like spelling the end of the re- that's like the- foreshadowing the end of the relationship. Like if I say I would have more energy for sex if you help more around the house and he gets mad about that, then it's like, nah never mind like that's that's just the opposite of improvement
2: this is why i'm so skeptical of the stories from men from from our dead bedrooms who are like my wife won't fuck me and it's like well it's probably your fault (laughs) are you helping her around the house
0: yeah it's like have you are you being attractive to
2: her yeah you treating her like a mommy mcbang maid exactly
0: yeah and the other thing is like side note uh when a woman's libido drops suddenly a lot of the times it's because the man is there have been past relationships where The man was being abusive to me, and my libido drops down into hell. Like I just, I I think it's like an evolutionary adaptation where, when you know that you're not safe, your body is just like, no, you can't make a baby right now. Okay, like in general, like women would, in order for us to want to have sex, we have to feel safe, we have to feel cared for, we have to feel secure in the relationship and have energy for it. If we're exhausted. That's when your body's like, mm, no, you've got way too much other stuff going on. You can't handle carrying a baby right now. And that's when your libido drops, right? So men out there, if they, if their wife isn't interested in having sex with them, like there are things that you can do, making her feel safe, being more attractive to her, making her feel secure.
2: But make her feel wanted and not just a maid.
0: Exactly. Like Make her feel like a woman and not just a servant, right? But we're getting off track.
1: So, so the, the point of the entire conversation was just saying don't over... Don't overpraise men for doing very bare minimum things.
0: Yeah, and don't fucking use sex as a currency, okay?
2: As a bargaining tip.
0: As a bargaining chip. Only have sex when you want to have sex. Sex is considered a reward to men. Oh, and the other solution when it, on the topic of rewards is intermittent rewards. This might sound a little bit unethical, but honestly, um, when you only reward someone intermittently, you'll actually get... It's actually more motivating than giving a consistent reward. Like there's a study about pigeons where when there's a button and if they press the button, they get a treat. And they found out that when you only give them the treat like 50% of the time, that's when the pigeon would just go crazy, like pressing the button, pressing the button, like ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Because it it creates the same effect in the brain as gambling. Um, That's why people get addicted to gambling is the intermittent reward, right? So if you want a guy to do something, a good way to get him to do it more consistently is is actually by, is through intermittent reward. My point being that, like, excessive praise is ineffective. You're actually better off, like, scaling back the praise and making it less frequent, not more. And it's less energy to you. But honestly, like, the best solution to all this is knowing your worth. Like, you are the prize. Your presence and your attention alone is his reward. I find a fawning response, that excessive praise response usually comes from a person who is in a subordinate role, and you have to remember that you're a queen, and it's his job to impress you. So the third mistake that women often make when they're trying to communicate or influence a man's behavior is by not being strategic in your interactions with men. And this one is pretty broad, but what I'm referring to is just this tendency that most people go through life being largely unconscious in their communication, you know, just like there's a stimulus and then they respond. It's just, you know, something makes you mad, you express anger. Something makes you upset, you express, you emote sadness. I, I would recommend women to learn to be responsive instead of reactive. And so when you're interacting with men, always be mindful of your objective. Like, what is your goal? Are your actions conducive to achieving that goal? You know, are you going about this in a way that's going to, even if you're right, here's the thing are your actions, are you going about this in a way? that's going to get you the result that you want. I had a friend the other day tell me that she wanted to bring her dad with her to therapy and I was like immediately I knew this would be a bad idea. Like her dad was kind of a deadbeat when she was younger, she didn't have much of a relationship and now that they're adults, they kind of go for dinner sometimes. They, they they go to the gym sometimes. They have some of whatever relationship now as adults, but his abandonment of her when she was younger caused a lot of, you know, issues for her, um a lot of trauma. She has, you know, I guess what most people call, like, daddy issues or whatever, not in a funny way, in a very sad way, actually. Um, and so his, him being a debut when she was younger really, really emotionally impacted her. And so she's been going to therapy about it. And she told me, like, I want to take my dad to therapy. And I want to, like, I just want to let it all out. I, you know, because every time she tries to talk about the ways that his abandonment hurt her, he either changes the subject or he tries to... Turn it back on her, or blame the mom, or you know, whatever, anything to avoid taking accountability for the fact that he abandoned her when she was a kid. And so she's like, I want to like take him to my therapist's office, and I just want to like let it all out. I want to, I want to have a moderator there. Like she basically thought the therapist was just going to be there to be a moderator to help navigate this conversation. And immediately I'm thinking like this is a bad idea, and I ask her like, okay, like what do you want to get out of this? And she's like, I just want him to know. And I'm like, why? Like, what are you going to get from that? Why do you want him to know? And she's, she can't, she couldn't explain why. She's just like, I just, I'm just angry and I want him to know. And he's just not getting it. And like, we kind of talk back and forth and I ask her, are you willing to cut him off? Because if you have this conversation with him, understand like, it's going to make things really awkward if you want to keep like going to the gym and like having dinner with him and stuff, right? What is your goal? Like, do you want to cut him off? No, she doesn't want to cut him off. She wants to Her goal is she wants to repair her relationship with her father and get closer with him. She didn't want to accept the fact that like yelling at him for an hour while the therapist moderates it isn't going to be conducive to that. So, you know, we kind of talked back and forth. She ended up realizing like, yeah, okay, maybe I'm not going to, maybe I'm going to go about this in a different way because taking him to her therapist's office to just be angry at him isn't going to achieve her goal, right? So you have to be more mindful of like, what is your goal in this conversation? How are you going to go about achieving that?
1: The idea is to, when you're having interactions with men, keep in in the forefront of your mind, what do I need and what do I want out of this situation? And secondly, what's the likelihood I'm going to get it, right?
0: <laughs> I feel like those are the two things. Yeah. <laughs> like, be be honest with yourself about yourself and the other person. Like, is this gonna work?
1: It seems in the, in the situation with your friend, she was more or less venting. She just wanted someone to be present so that she could vent all of the things that she was feeling, thinking that would somehow uh, I want to say make her feel better um, or or get her feelings across to her dad, which apparently maybe her points were not being fully taken seriously by her dad outside of the context of a therapist. But the question is, would a therapist actually be able to change that aspect of her dad? Mm-hmm. And would going to a therapist and just venting all your frustrations actually, will that actually benefit you? Will that actually make you feel better? And the answer to it's, you know, seemingly from the, from an outsider seems probably no and no, just from what we know about low value men. They just, they just fundamentally don't care, right? Like <laughs> dragging them in front of a therapist isn't likely to change his behavior.
0: Like I'm, I know her dad and I know how it's going to go down. He's just going to get defensive. He's probably going to storm out of the therapist's office. So it'll be a waste of the hour, a waste of her money. He's not going to admit fault. You know, he's not going to apologize. Here's what she, she wants is an apology And she wants him to, like, make up for all the fact, all the things that he didn't do when she was a kid.
1: Which he's not gonna, he can't, well, first of all, he he may not apologize. And even, even if he does, it may not be sincere. And then, yeah, the last point, they can't make up for all the time that he missed when she was a kid. It's over now.
0: Exactly. Like, the best, and here's the thing, like, I can tell he definitely feels bad about, and this is just, like, what men are like, right? Like, they might feel bad about something. They might try to like make up for it later in life. Um, And even if it's like, you know, you can decide for yourself if it's too late and decide you don't want to deal with that. Right. I can tell that he feels bad about it and he is making up, by you know spending time with her now and trying to make it up to her and sp- <laughs> i he's trying to buy her like he's trying to buy her forgiveness so so the problem
1: with that i even have with men who do that is like now they want to come back when it costs them way less personal sacrifice right because she's an adult she can take care of herself she doesn't need nearly as much as her father as uh she would have as a child and so a lot of these guys get old, start feeling their own mortality, and then suddenly want to do, like, a quick, like, Hail Mary towards the end of their life so they're not destitute and alone when they're old and decrepit. So you you still have to question his motives there, even if he's putting in seemingly doing performative effort to try to make up for lost time.
0: Yeah. No, my I mean, I think that he just knows he's getting old and he's just looking for a free nurse, right? Right. So, you know, he... he spent his you know 20s and 30s and 40s just fucking around and being like a deadbeat and now he's going back and being like crap like you know i have all these kids and now you know nobody's talking to me they all hate me and uh, none of them want to be bothered yeah they all hate me and none of them are going to you know he's thinking like oh do i want to be sitting in an old folks home being one of those guys that like nobody visits you know that never gets visitors probably will be so that's pretty (laughs) much what he's doing he's trying to buy her forgiveness and i'm like trying to tell her that it's like I love her to death like she's one of my closest friends honestly and but there are moments you know sometimes you're talking to your friends and they're being a little bit of a pick me and it's like you know I'm trying to communicate this in a way that's going to get the result that I want to which is for her to be honest with herself about what her father's capable of doing and what his motivations likely are anyways that's a sidetrack but my point being like you can't just, like, emote at men. You can't just, like, vent at them. Even if you've had a bad day, in general, like, p- other people don't exist to be your emotional punching bags, like, male or female. Like, if you're having a bad day and you're feeling bad, like, save that for the therapist's office or find some kind of healthy coping mechanism or something like that so that you can deal with those feelings. But it's not healthy to go to the... P- and p- other people do this to me all the time. It drives me crazy where, like, you know, your loved ones don't exist to be your emotional punching bag. If you're feeling bad, deal with it. Don't put it on them. So, but let's just say you're angry at your partner. Like, you're not mad about work. You're not mad about something else. You're actually angry at something that your partner did. I'd say one of the most common ones is, you know, nagging or, you know, repeating yourself, basically. And nagging, I mean, when women nag, it's because you want your man to do something and he's just not doing it. And so, you think if I say it again, two, three, four, five, ten times, then maybe he'll get it. And he won't. (laughs) Um, here's the thing, like with nagging, the more you repeat yourself, he's just going to tune you out and he's just going to learn that your word doesn't matter and that he can continue to ignore you with no consequences. Nagging is basically what happens when the woman is just like, she wants him to do something, but she's too spineless to leave. Like you hear all these stories of my wife divorced me because I didn't do the dishes and it's not just because of the dishes, right? Like she was probably saying like, this bothers me, this bothers me, this bothers me, this bothers me. And he just ignored her. And by the end of it, they always act blindsided, right? Like, they always act like, this came out of nowhere. Even if his wife was crying every single day for 20 years, he'll be like, this came out of nowhere. And the reason why they say that is because it wasn't that they didn't know that she was unhappy, it's that they didn't think that she would ever actually leave. The solution that I want to suggest is don't nag men. It's a waste of your emotional energy. It's just teaching him that your needs don't matter, your word doesn't matter. Solution is, the first time... Ask nicely, introduce a boundary and imply consequences. And if it happens again, you don't even say anything, you just implement the consequences. That's it. So let's say you know, you keep nagging him to pick up his shoes or put away his laundry or something like that. instead of picking it up for him and asking him to do it next time because picking it up for him just teaches him that if he falls through, you're just gonna pick up the slack. Just stop picking up his shit. Stop doing his laundry. Stop giving him positive attention. And if he doesn't learn his lesson, then leave.
2: I saw this so much at when I uh, when I used to volunteer at the homeless shelter, where the staff would just be nagging. Oh, please, um, you, you know, can you wash up after yourself? You know, please tidy up after yourself. And it's just like they never got better. If anything, it got worse because they knew there was no consequence, and this was a shelter just that was that was pretty much ninety nine percent male, and they just knew that nothing would happen. So. If you are going to make a request, there needs to be a consequence if it's not followed through. Apparently, the staff there never got the memo, but hey-ho.
0: And tying it back to desire for gain and fear of loss, the thing that men have to gain from ignoring you is that they don't have to do as much work, right? Like, this is the thing that is often left out, is that men actually benefit from ignoring women, from ignoring our needs, because it's effort. And, you know, all humans would rather... If Like, here's the thing, all people... If you could get the same result with less effort, would you do it? Like, Or would you choose the high effort or the low effort way if you could get the same result? You'd choose the one that's less effort. And so you have to make it costly for them to do it the way that you don't want. If they have the option between like doing the dishes and their wife talks to them nicely, then they're going to go with that over you know not doing the dishes and their wife leaving them. Because if she left, that would make his life more difficult.
1: Yeah, so the strategy here kind of like to wrap up what you're saying is is to one like if you communicate, have that communicate be enforced by either some kind of consequence behind it, or like you don't even have to frame it like oh, giving him an ultimatum <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, if you ever watch like reality TV shows, there's always like some woman trying to give this guy some ultimatum who just clearly does not give a fuck at all. <laughs> Have you ever watched that stuff? Like <laughs> I'm going to go confront him about his cheating or the <laughs> giving him an ultimatum. If he doesn't marry me today, I'm walking away. Like nobody cares. Right. But um, being strategic in interac- your interactions with men means really, really focusing on what, what you're feeling, and sometimes, if they're the type of guy that actually responds to what you're feeling, then you can express how you're feeling, and that's good enough uh if they're the type of guy that like needs some kind of pushing or prodding or needs some kind of objective reason, although we just kind of say if you're not if you need objective reasons to do things like its it's pretty much a bad sign with men because it means that they're not responding to the fact that shit just makes you unhappy, and if you're in a relationship, and you should just do things because they
0: make the other person happy yeah, like a high value man is motivated like. For him, making you happy is a gain to him. He sees that as a bonus. Yeah, because it's it's you and
1: him versus a problem, right? It shouldn't be like you versus him, right? It should be, these are the things that need to get done. These are the things that I need to be happy in a relationship and in my life. And the answer should always be, how can I help you? Right. Instead of dismissive of it, saying, I don't need to do this, or trying to figure out reasons why he shouldn't have to do things because you didn't do things. Right. This is the problem with so many, 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 many men is that they feel like everything that they are, everything that they do has to have some kind of justification. Otherwise, it's invalid. Right. It, it's never enough to be like, well, just make me happy. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, because, ma- you know, a low value man making, you happy is not seen as motivating. It's not high in his priority list. Yeah. It's not a priority, right? For a high value man who really does care about you, you know, the reward is seeing the smile on your face is, you know, you feeling safe and secure and so on. And so that is inherently rewarding to him. A low value man who doesn't see any value in making you happy is never going to make you happy. No matter how much you try to negotiate or poke and prod or compromise or whatever, Um, as a side, like compromising, I mean, I also have like this whole list. Compromising is another one of those, like, it usually just means the woman is acquiescing to whatever the man wants, you know, never make, you know, not just in your relationships with men, but, you know, never make concessions unless you're actually getting something out of it. Compromise isn't just like, okay, we'll do what you want. Yeah. And be, and be careful that he's not
1: trying to move the Overton window because they'll do that too. They'll pick something like absolutely outrageous. And then try to make it seem like it's the equivalent of what you're arguing for. You'd be like, well, can you just pick up your socks off the floor? He's like, well, you didn't give me anal sex for three nights in a row. So, you know, and they'll just try to make it seem like that's the equivalent. So, I mean, it, there's just so many ways. False equivalency. That's another way that. False equivalent. See that? Yeah. We, we, we'll do another episode on more like low value male manipulation tactics because I think that's an important overall discussion. Um, but when you're going into your, stru- your, communications with men and trying to be strategic. Watch out for these things and keep your goals in mind.
0: Yeah. And a lot of these, I'm not just, even just talking about your your boyfriend or your husband. I'm also talking about like your boss or your coworkers or your dad or, you know, other male family members and so on. Because, you know, we say, oh, if he's not doing this and that, just leave. Well, you can't just like break up with your dad, right? Like you're probably gonna have to see them at family gatherings and so on. So, you know, sometimes it's not. You know, just leave isn't always an option. Sometimes you do have to interact with these people, whether you like it or not. And even if you have to interact with those people, some of these strategies can work to at least like minimize losses for you and like maximize rewards as much as you can. Oh, and one last thing about because you, bro, you mentioned confronting. Like, I'm going to go confront him about his cheating. That's a te- that's another terrible idea. Um, you know, confronting him isn't going to make him like uncheat you. So let's, let's make that a fourth strategy, but like the fourth mistake we make is like confronting men for the sake of confronting them. Dr. Romney has a really great video about why you should never confront a narcissist. And I think it applies to just all shitty people in general. Um, like, what are you going to get out of it? Right? Nothing. Like, it's just going to give them an opportunity for them to lie to you and manipulate you and frustrate you and waste your energy and make your head spin. If, and also, the other thing is that just like, you're just showing them your cards. So, you know, it's almost better for them to not know that, you know, you know, that's when it's like they start throwing hands, you know, that's when they get more aggressive and they if they go nuclear.
2: I've, I've got an example of the confrontation thing. Actually, I was dating a guy last year um, and he did something really egregious. We were talking about it, I think a few weeks, just like afterwards, where we randomly like reconnected for a bit. And he kept, he was so confused as to why I was not basically just cussing him out. And he was almost like insulting himself, almost like saying stuff like, so he was saying stuff like, oh, you know, did you tell your friends about that dickhead who did, you know, (laughs) just like X, Y, Z to you? And I was like, no. So he was really thrown off by the fact that I was literally not cussing him out because that's, that's clearly what he expected I would do. And obviously I was really, I mean, you know, I'd cussed him out to like my therapist and anyone who'd listen, but I didn't tell him that because I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of, you know, knowing that he really got to me and that really threw him off so he started basically insulting himself um <laughs> basically revealing
0: he was probably doing that to try to elicit your sympathy you he wanted you to jump in and be like no baby you're not a dickhead like you know i forgive you
2: i did <laughs> yeah but i did i mean i didn't like correct him but i was just like no i didn't and he was and he literally said like i'm trying to work out why um you know i don't understand why you're not angry because I just refused to show him that I was angry.
0: Yeah, no, that's smart. Like, ladies, you got to have emotional self-discipline when dealing with guys.
2: You know, vent to your friends, vent to your therapist, you know, vent to the stranger down the street, but don't but don't send him paragraphs. Just don't do it.
0: Yeah, the typing in paragraphs, it's like, you're not going to make him feel bad. If anything, he's just going to see that and he's going to have that, like, smug sense of satisfaction that he provoked a reaction out of you, right?
2: And and will probably save you as like the crazy chick in quotation marks in his phone to show to his friends.
0: He'll probably like screenshot it and put it in his like group chats and be like, "Haha, look at this girl who's obsessed with me." You know.
2: Yeah. Oh, she's crazy.
0: Circling back to like desire for gain, fear of loss, like even negative attention, men weirdly seem to see that as a gain. They see that as a a reward. You know, the ultimate consequence that you as a woman can impose on men is a lack of attention. Or just ignoring them, or withholding your presence.
2: Or apathy, just straight apathy. Or just complete apathy.
0: Yeah, because like men want women to, they, we men want women's attention, positive or negative.
2: And they want women to react to them as well to what they're doing. They 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 want that reaction because it signals to them that you're invested in the situation or in them. And when you don't give them that reaction, it really throws them off balance. Like some of, if you were to um, remain just completely stoic in front of men, um, it will start to come out just how they'll start goading you almost just to get a reaction out of you. Like what happened to me? And when you don't bite, it will really confuse them because they don't know what you're thinking as well. Like he was clearly almost you know, in my situation, he was clearly trying to guess what I was thinking, but I wasn't telling him if he was right or wrong. And that really bothered him when you don't know what someone else is thinking, especially when you have screwed them over in a massive way, and he knew that as well.
0: Yeah, I find, like, you know, men are so used to women just, like, emoting and so... You, you, here's the thing. Like men are not scared of women's anger the same way that women are afraid of men's anger. Cause men's anger is like scary and violent women's anger. Like men see it as like amusing. They don't actually feel like they're in any physical danger. Um, I find like cold anger to be much, much more effective for, for influencing men. Like if you just blow up at him, he's just going to dismiss you as crazy. And he's just going to like ignore you. And he uses it as an ego boost. When you have this like sort of cold anger, it almost like switches some part in his brain and you become like this cold and dispassionate mother that he wants to win the approval from. So yeah, like that's why like emotional self-discipline ladies like highly recommend. So just to wrap it up, it's important to be strategic in your communications with men. You have to understand the sort of power dynamics at play, the different socialization that men and women have had and therefore our different motivations And first of all, like have emotional self-discipline, understand that appealing to men's empathy or morality is not going to be as effective as appealing to desire for gain and fear of loss. And don't excessively praise men for bare minimum behavior because it's just not going to get you the result that you want. When interacting with men, you always have to be mindful of your goal and whether your actions are being conducive to helping you achieve that goal.
1: All right. And that's our show. Follow us on Twitter at fem.strat, as well as visit our website, thefemaledatingstrategy.com. And if you'd like to hear some bonus content, go to patreon.com forward slash thefemaledatingstrategy. Thanks for listening, queens. And for all you scroats out there, make sure you invest in your kids early so you don't end up alone in a pool of your own dribble. Die mad. See you next week.